I'm so happy to welcome you back as we gather once again as the Christ Journey family. But I really wanna say this, the Christ Journey is not simply a family that gathers. The Christ Journey is a journey you join, you enter. And so welcome back to our next steps in the Christ Journey. And today we're celebrating some um, leaders who are taking next steps as they cut a new wake into their future, our graduating seniors. And so today I would like to begin with a verse of blessing and a challenge. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean into your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, put him first, and he will direct your paths. And may God's blessing be upon you as he grants you success in all you do. Now today, um, I want to tell you, on the morning that I was preparing this talk, I had an unexpected text message waiting for me when I went to my phone. It simply said this, Bill, I've been led to pray for you this morning, and I just wanted to tell you that I love you, I appreciate you very much, and I'm praying for your wisdom and discernment as you lead us through these uncharted waters. It was from a medical doctor friend of mine, and so I responded with these words. Thank you so much. I need and appreciate your prayers and encouragement because today I'm working on a message about adolescence, biological and spiritual. And to that, the good doctor sent me a two-word response, a minefield, exclamation point. Now, it certainly was that for me and even more so for my parents on the receiving end when I was going through my adolescence. Hormones are in full swing. They're preparing brain and body for the challenges of adulthood. And I'm wondering if anybody can relate to that today, maybe as a parent of a teenager right now, or maybe you're still engaged in your own adolescence or you're remembering and reliving some of your adolescence right now, your own adolescent years. When you think of them, does the word minefield mean anything to you? You know what a minefield does? It's where stuff blows up. It's where you don't always know why it exploded. You're, you're very careful as to where you put and what you do because you know something unintended may happen. So what comes to mind when you hear the word adolescence? This phase has been called the time with something to offend everyone. It's commonly associated with teen years, but it may begin earlier and end later, as I think we've already said. It's the period of transition between childhood and adulthood. And uh, a, a survey taken at the turn of the century uh, found that 71% of those polled said negative terms were the first that came to mind when asked about America's teenagers. But 89% of those responding still felt like they're gonna turn out okay. You know what professionals say adolescents need the most? One thing adults may have in least supply for them, time. Surveys of teenagers show that they need and want adults to be a part of their lives, nurturing, teaching, guiding, protecting, directing their, uh, their courage and their creativity into healthy adulthood. But a report by the United States Council of Economic Advisors also showed that adolescents whose parents 
are more involved in their lives have significantly lower rates of problem behaviors like smoking, alcohol and drug abuse, lying to parents, fighting, initiating sexual activity, suicidal thoughts and actions. So, though it takes time to establish emotional bonds of trust, young people need and want adults who will listen to them, who will understand them, who will value their perspectives, and then coach and motivate them toward healthy self-care. So, to help us understand better this area today, I've invited Pastor Ralph from Kindle Campus to share some of his story. Now, Ralph's spiritual journey is amazing and challenging, but it all happens during his biological adolescence. So would you join me now as we hear from Pastor Ralph? As a young boy, I struggled. I struggled with the thought that I wasn't good enough. You know, for a long time, I would try to be a good boy. I would try to do good things, but I constantly fell short. And many times in my life, I still feel like that today. You see, but God provided me with a mentor. And some of you may be wondering, why is this so important? Well, the reason why it's important is because my father wasn't around. And when he was around, he was abusive. You see, God provided a mentor, a teacher, a person that walked with me. His name is Caleb Lopez. You see, Caleb invited me to his church at the age of 10. His church is literally this church. You see, I grew up in this church from 10 to about 16. And at the age of 10, I accepted that invitation and I started attending. By the time I was 12, I had been to a camp in my preteen years. I made the decision to accept Christ into my life. I was baptized. And for most of you, you may be thinking, man, what a wonderful story. The story didn't end there. Because by the time I was 14, I made decisions to turn away from God, to turn away from the calling that He had given me. And I went into the real world. And I started hanging out with people that I shouldn't have been hanging out with. I started experimenting with different narcotics and just got into so much trouble. And by the time I was 15, when I attended my last camp, I say my last camp because I almost got kicked out. I started living in this thing called shame. And shame started pushing me further and further away from what God was calling me to do, further away from the people that loved me, that he had placed by my side. And I started following those in the real world, the father figures that I thought would lead me in the right way. But constantly I was trying to earn love. Constantly I was fighting for things that I shouldn't have been fighting. You see, the thing is when I took off, and I was on my own road, Caleb was still there. He would pray for me, he would contact me, and he never gave up on me. Even till today, he is a big part of our lives. Not only my life, and I say our lives because it's an entire family that he's impacted. As I think about how I made the decision to leave church, started living in my shame, man, I took off and I went to Dominican Republic at the age of 15. I went over there and I started just falling deeper and deeper into temptation. You see, spiritual oppression started setting over me. There were so many battles that I was facing and none of them were, was good. Eventually, I would make the decision to come back to the States by the time I was 16. I got my high school diploma. I went and I signed up for college. Everything seemed great. You know, all the plans I had set forward were on my own strength. And then I made the decision. I'm gonna sign up for the Navy. Sure enough, with these college credits and with a high school diploma, everything was gonna be great. And sure enough, it was. I was going in as an E4 with a $10,000 signing bonus if I would have completed my basics in Pensacola. You see, a month before I was supposed to go, I got stabbed twice at a house party while I was play fighting. 
My whole life got turned upside down while I was play fighting. No more signing bonus. Everything I worked so hard for, literally, my dreams all shattered. My dreams became but an illusion. Within a month, I went from 218 pounds to 146 pounds. Talk about dreams being shattered. See, the beautiful part about that story is, despite of the four-hour surgery, the two pints of blood that I had to receive through transfusion was when I woke up and I saw the people that loved me. Caleb was one of the very first people to show up after my surgery the very next day. You see, Caleb was there for all of the hard times and the great times, for all of the great memories that he helped create in my life. And the thing is that God has placed many other people in my life like Caleb. You see, Caleb never gave up on me. He was always there, being the best cheerleader I had by my side. And not that you're a cheerleader, Caleb. But God also provided a great woman. Her name is Liz. Liz would constantly push for me to be better, for us to just grow closer to Christ. Another person that helped me throughout the journey was Tracy. Tracy was a part not only of my preteen years, but also a part of my young adult life. As I would return to church, he would receive me with a big hug and tears rolling down his face. See, another person that God used is one of our former pastors, Mark Lesher, a Navy SEAL that would see something in me that I wouldn't see in myself. You see, Mark would push me to go beyond the dreams that I had to see the vision that God had for my life. You see, my story doesn't stop there. There were many moments in my life where not only did I experience betrayal, but I also experienced heartbreak and literally had the fight for my own life. But I am thankful because during those hard moments, God placed people around me, people who were loving. They were also living through these experiences with me and they never gave up on me. Instead of telling me of how I should do things, they were there to coach me in a loving way and to help me through the turbulence so that I can arrive where God wanted me to arrive. I am thankful for all the leaders who walked next to me, even during those hard times, who were there praying for me, who showed love to me, who constantly encouraged me to be a better person and saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. I just want to say thank you to everyone who encouraged me and never gave up on me and for the plans that God had in my life. So thank you, Pastor Ralph, for sharing with us. And uh, thank you for responding to God's call, the way that you have said yes to God and risen to the occasion. We're so proud of you, and we just celebrate with you all that God is doing and will do. You're an inspiration to us, and we thank God for you. Even as we remember that adolescence can be a time of turbulence, of testing, and of trial, and of training. You know, if the purpose of biological adolescence is to help you prepare for the challenges of facing biological adulthood, kind of like a, 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 a physical boot camp um, toward becoming a full adult, then is the purpose of spiritual adolescence to help us prepare to face the challenges of spiritual adulthood, to equip you, to equip each of us with what we need to become an overcoming spiritual adult in life. Jesus told his disciples this, in the world you will have tribulation. That means many troubles, many challenges, but be of good cheer or take heart, he says, I have overcome 
the world, John 16, 33. We're gonna face challenges in life. Life is not easy. Spiritual life is not easy. It is full of challenges, and that the, the kind of challenges that lead you to wonder this. Why, as many people throughout the Bible do, why do the righteous suffer while the wicked prosper? What kind of world am I living in? Now, a friend asked me about that recently. And I told him that I don't believe this is the whole explanation, but I always think about what Jesus said. Wide is the, is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many are traveling on it. And narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. And here's what I've discovered, that the, the narrow road runs right up the middle of the broad road that's leading to destruction against traffic. Imagine, um, imagine yourself as a salmon swimming upstream and the whole force of world culture is rushing downstream when you start to follow Jesus. It's like you, you've done an about face and now you are against current and suddenly you feel the force and the push in, the, in your face as you're following him. You know, you didn't notice it before because frankly, you were just going with the flow, you know, rushing right on downstream with the drifting. But since you turned, it feels like everything is coming against you sometimes. Spiritual adolescence is the time of learning what it means to live upstream in a downstream world. It's a time of fight, a time of fire, a time when you realize, you know, those bullets are real and the costs are steep. I mean, this is the time, if you're gonna make it, this is the time you, you, you learn, you tell yourself, you know, I gotta step into my spiritual warrior. This is the time to discover, to develop, there's the key word, and then deploy your spiritual weapons, your spiritual arsenal. You learn your GPS, your gifts, your passions, and your skills, and you develop them. Um, you suit up in your spiritual armor. You know, a child, a spiritual child, we already talked about this, knows how to feed himself, knows how to dress herself, but an adolescent now is dressing in Ephesians 6 spiritual armor. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then now is the time for you to rise to that understanding. Instead of only treating the Word of God as food, you know, that we eat, now, at this level, you understand the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit, and you've got to use it to fight. So what are some indicators that you may be in your spiritual adolescence? Well, how about this one? There's been a surge in your spirit life that leads you to want more, to want to grow more, to want to do more for God, and you're willing to place yourself at risk to see it happen. This is uh, David taking on Goliath. This is Esther standing before Xerxes and saying, if I perish, I perish. This is Daniel and his three buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, facing hungry lions and facing fiery furnace from the pagan power. I mean, what outstanding examples, not only of biological adolescence, but also spiritual adolescent examples. Did you know that Jesus' 12 disciples 
were most likely all in their biological adolescence when he called them to follow him? Jesus would mentor them, disciple them, to become overcomers in the kingdom. Last message, we saw Jesus emerging, entering his own adolescence, and stepping into God's call on his life. He was defining his identity as his father's son. He was choosing his community among wise sages in the word. And then he accepts his destiny where he says, I must be in my father's things. It was a moment of clarity. It was a moment of discovery. There's the key word for early adolescence, for uh, preteen spirituality, discovery. But his journey, he doesn't, you know, at that point, he doesn't just head off into the wilderness. He doesn't go off somewhere by himself. No, he, Luke says he was obedient to coaching at home. Mary and Joseph, Luke chapter 2, verses 51 and 52. And Jesus submitted to them and grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with man. So that time between receiving care as a child and then facing challenge as an adult is to be a time of growth. It says Jesus grew. The key word here in adolescence is develop. Discovery and then developing, development. And there's risky behavior, yes, but not just of the negative kind. This is a time when you start seeing things wrong in the world that need to be made right. And some of them are gonna have your name on them. There are spiritual battles to be fought. There are victories to be won in virtually every vocational field. And God intends some of those battles and victories to be yours, an overcomer. That's why we're calling this message today, stepping into your warrior. Biological adolescence is the time when your brain and your body are going through changes to help prepare you for the challenges of being an adult. Spiritual adolescence is the time when your spirit experiences growth surge and growth spurts that, that push your preparation forward to become an overcomer in your spiritual growth. John speaks to it in his first epistle, his first letter. In his first letter, chapter two, he references three general stages of growth. There's a group he calls dear children, and it's referring to those who have entered into a personal relationship with the Father where sins have been forgiven in his name. I see that referring to the first four stages on our chart, newborn, infant, toddler, and child. Dear children. Then there's another group he calls fathers. Fathers who have deep knowing of God who is from the beginning. A knowing of God that supersedes time. Sages in the spirit. I believe that correlates with the top three stages on our chart. Parent, grandparent, and godparent. But the third category, he calls young men. Now this isn't only male specific. He's talking about spiritual warriors there who are strong. Strong in the word of God. The word of God lives in them. They have overcome the evil one on our chart. That stage is five, six, and seven. Preteen, adolescent, and adult. What we're calling warrior 
stages. You step into your warrior to grow in your spiritual adolescence where you're willing to, be, to fight the good fight, Paul says. He writes to Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier in Christ Jesus. Then he says, compete by the rules like, a, uh, like an honorable athlete. Work hard like a good farmer. Paul, as a mentor here, challenges his disciple, Pastor Timothy, who is serving the church in Ephesus. And then to the church in Ephesus, Paul also challenges. He says in Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand, step into your spiritual warrior against the devil's schemes. Obedient spiritual children. I said this, but obedient spiritual children know how to dress themselves in the spirit. But at this stage, the wardrobe is all about spiritual armor. It's equipping the warrior to engage and overcome in spiritual battle. So he says, take the helmet of salvation, the hope that will conquer despair and discouragement. He says, put on the breastplate of righteousness in responding to the attacks of guilt and shame against the heart. Put on the firm footwear in the gospel so that you're not slip sliding away in the confusion. You have firm footing in the gospel. Then the belt of truth that holds everything else in place. And then the shield of faith. The shield was as big as a person for the Roman soldiers. And it would protect from all incoming attacks, the flaming arrows of intentional fear that the enemy wants to inflict. And then the sword of the spirit, the word of God for us to slice through the enemy's territory. At this stage, you're not just feeding on the word, you're fighting the enemy with it. Sometimes spiritual adolescents need help identifying who the enemy is and then where the opposition is. Now my experience as a spiritual adolescent myself and in working with many through the years in my ministry is that they are possessed of a deep, true hunger for more of God and more of the things of God. And uh, they, sometimes they voice it in these words, I want meat. Where's the meat, right? Uh, and they feel like they're not getting it and they wanna know, where can I find it? Well, Jesus tells us in John chapter four, verse 34, the King James Version says, Jesus says this, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. You know what, at spiritual adolescence, at warrior stage, Jesus says, there's a new diet of doing at this level. The true meat that nourishes growth here isn't simply found in a study, in a book. It's found engaging in the field of conflict in pursuing the doing of God's will. So in biological adolescence, young people are ready to put their passions to work, right? Uh, in spiritual adolescence, the same thing is true. It's time to start acting on your faith, not just studying it. Now this is why it's so important that you learn the lessons of the earlier stages because you cannot build an overcoming life from a posture of disobedience. May I say that again? Some of you are wondering, why am I stuck? Why am I stalled? I'll tell you why. This may be the reason. You cannot build an overcoming life 
from a posture of disobedience. We gotta learn and build on the lessons thus far and then step out and put it into action as we engage the enemy. In biological teens, emotion and passion spike at this stage. And there's a reason, because they gotta let it out. They gotta put it into action. Well, the same thing is true for spiritual teenagers. I believe there comes a time where where you've been is simply not enough. God wants you to know it. You start realizing it the same, uh, and, and it's time for more. What does that more look like? Well, there are at least three options for you, if that's where you are today. One is you can rebel. You can say, no, not for me. I'm going to do it my way. Like the younger brother did in Jesus' story of the prodigal son. He dishonored his spiritual parent and went and did his own thing. Just like Ralph told us he did and then found it was a dead end. Here's a second option. You can get all self-righteous like the older brother did in the story. You know, he never left home in a huff, but he stayed home and got bitter and started feeling entitled and he started feeling better than his brother and he started feeding his self-righteousness. So, you know, the thing about being self-righteous, which is what the older brother was, is my experience has been that it's more, of, more full of self than righteous. Is that true? Full of legalistically judging and condemning others as maybe you polish your own halo and say, well, man, I'm thankful that I'm not like that. And then blaming your father and this entitlement spirit that says, you know what? You never, you, you never gave me meat, not even a goat. It's a dead end option. More about that next week as we see that in adolescence, we can start learning that you can be your own worst enemy and that's part of where the battle is fought. But the third option is grow through it. Don't just go through it, grow through it. And maybe if you see yourself as a spiritual adolescent in your journey today, you'd, or maybe as a mentor, you'd like to know how can I help others to take those next steps to bust through whatever has been holding them back and rise to the next level of spiritual development. What do you need to grow if you're in this stage? How do you move to the next level? Well, here's some considerations. First, find a spiritual mentor. Somebody to love you, somebody to listen to you, somebody to lead you, just like Ralph did. You know, he placed himself in the presence of others that were ahead of him in the journey. And then the mentoring relationship began so that he could start growing. The, the people for him were like Caleb, Tracy, Mark, not to control, but rather to coach him toward becoming an overcomer. Now, how does that happen? Well, I would say four ways, at least, time, training, trial, and team. Time needs to be spent with your mentor coach as you develop trust and guidance. Then training on what is your GPS? What are your gifts, your passions, your skills? How do you fan the flame of passion so that your spiritual warfare arsenal can be unleashed against true opponents? And then trial, that means you gotta try it. You don't just study it. 
You gotta go get into the field and try it out. You try them out in service, in ministry, in outreach. Trial means trying and learning as you do. It's trial and error. So by faith, you step into the danger zone. By faith, you enter the fiery furnace. You know, you, you go see the king, you go talk to the king. You model your life after the stories I mentioned, Daniel, David, Esther, others. And then the final T was teams. Don't fight, don't try to fight this battle alone. Do it connected with your squad. Do it connected with your group. Don't, you need to have close friends and trusted adults that form your second family, your family in the spirit, brothers and sisters who are warriors with you. But there is one more T that is absolutely essential if you wanna keep growing from this point on. Teachability, teachability. If you're not willing to learn, if you're not willing to change, then can I tell you, you won't. If you don't want to grow as an adult, you won't. But if you come to Jesus with a teachable spirit and keep learning as a disciple in progress on the Christ journey, he's got even greater things ahead for you. But more about that next week. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you that you have made us for yourself, that you have made us in your image, that you have redeemed us by your blood, filled us with your spirit, and now equipped us, armed us with an arsenal to become overcomers in your name, to advance the kingdom, to be about your business together. And I'm praying for every person today, every sister, every brother who senses, you know, this may be my next step, my next challenge. I gotta rise and step into my warrior. If that's you, would you ask God right now, would you just say first, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing, I'm teachable, I'm taking the step of trust that you would help me push on and rise up. And then ask God right now, show me a mentor where I can place myself in range of somebody who's farther down the journey than I am and then grow me in my training to understand my gifts, my passions, my skills, as I might step into the danger zone that is waiting for me, and then put things into trial, actually engage the field. The Holy Spirit knows where he can take you next. Would you just say, Lord, I'm, I'm willing, and then connect with the team. Don't try to do this alone. Find a group, share it with your group, share it with your leader. Let others pray with you through this. And Lord, we invite your blessing upon every would-be warrior who is rising up and upon everyone who has already been engaged in the battle. Would you sharpen their, their swords? Would you remind them today of your encouragement in the face of battle? And we especially pray now, perhaps you're connecting with us and would like to begin your journey. We're always so excited when that happens. You can do it just by asking right now from your heart, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins. Fill me with your spirit. I receive the gift of salvation by faith through grace. In your name I pray. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to invite you when the pastor a little bit later and 
says, if you prayed with Pastor Bill, then just text CONNECT to this number. Would you please do that today so we can join you in this journey together and watch God raise you up to become an overcomer in life and in his kingdom. Now, if you've been leaning in during these messages, I know they've been calling to me and, uh, and are wondering, well, wow, is the series over? Well, it is, but don't be, uh, don't be disappointed because we're gonna step right into the next one called spiritual adulting as we move out of adolescence into overcoming stage of adulthood. Then uh, I want you to uh, join me as we come again next week. But speaking of stepping into our adulthood, I want uh, to celebrate with our graduates right now, S graduating seniors who um, have experienced a graduation season and a year unlike any that we expected and yet have risen to a new level of maturity and opportunity. We asked some of our graduates if they had any words of encouragement that they would like to offer the underclassmen. And so would you turn your attention with me now as we listen to them and uh, perhaps you'll agree that we have reason to say they sound pretty mature-ish. <laughs> 